0: Kelly Vero here from Wine and Web3. We have come a really long way, haven't we, with what it is that we've created over the last few weeks. And I'm really excited about this episode particularly because I think this is a really good roundup of everything that we've learned and everything that we know and understand and maybe don't understand about NFTs and the wine industry and Web3 and the role of wine inside it. So. Let's spend this time particularly talking about what we've missed, what we were massively interested in. And let's just have a little bit of an overview of the cool guests that we've spoken to so far. Now, the first episode was like a really cool episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I thought so. And I think it was cool because it was an education. And me being this kind of brassy, cartoon head weirdo talking about NFTs to someone like Katie Vogt, who's never really experienced NFTs that much, was not as scary for her as she originally thought it might be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I one think it us- was lucky for us because Katie is a great friend of mine and, um, you know, she's one of the most curious folks I know and that's what makes her a great winemaker. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can explain NFTs and the connection that NFTs have to curiosity and winemaking um, to someone like Katie and she gets it, like she's a smart cookie. But I think she's a great use case for people who, you know, want to connect with that in the future.
0: Now, NFTs are not what everybody thinks that they are. They get a really bad press. So NFTs are always a bit like an episode of WWE Smackdown, they are one thing in a corner that's pitted against something else. So NFTs are always pitted against cryptocurrency. But one thing that you have to really remember with NFTs are is that they're not currency at all. They're not related to currency in that way. It's a little bit like if you go to a store and you see like an incredible handbag and you really want to buy that or a hat or a pair of pants or something, and you think, wow, I really must have those. You pay for them, and then you receive them. But you'd never take those jeans back to the store and say, I'm now going to buy a shirt with these jeans. Because the person in the store would be like, what? (laughs) Have you gone crazy? (laughs) And that's how NFTs work, right? So they're not cryptocurrency at all. They are an object that or an item that is usually non-fungible, which means that they're exclusive. Cryptocurrencies, on the other hand, are fungible. That means that they're not exclusive. It means they're ubiquitous in the space. And with NFTs particularly, the reason why they get such a bad rep um, a lot of the time is because they're not very good. So people (laughs) wanna make like maximum cash for something that sucks.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make maximum cash, but there has to be, you know, the other, the other piece of the puzzle is that it has to be something cool and it has to be something that people understand. So I think one of the questions that often comes up from people in the wine industry specifically are, well, what's going to, why does someone want to buy something like this? What, like, what's the, what's the exciting, why, why would someone purchase this? Like, what's the point? But I think for a lot of people, there's no point
0: because with the items that are available for sale currently, there's no value. As in the value of a pair of jeans is that you can wear them and look really good. Mm-hmm. You can't wear an NFT and you can't do anything with an NFT or you couldn't until recently. Exactly. So the point about NFTs is that these days, if it's a good NFT, it's got great utility. Exactly. Meaning that your NFT can do much more than you think it can do. And that's really what is super exciting
1: about NFTs. Don't you I agree? Think so. Yeah, I do. Um, and I think it would be, would you mind Kelly explaining a little bit about how um, you've worked with other companies who have created NFTs that would be similar to what we're experiencing creating wine NFTs? Hmm. So in the past,
0: I've been fortunate enough to work with organizations and companies
1: that want to make utility-backed NFTs. And how does that work? Well, let's start even well, first. Should... Like what does utility-backed NFT mean? Like what is that? Mm. What are we talking about when we say a utility-backed NFT? Cause that's exactly what we're trying to do with QVA Collective, right? Like we're okay. creating these NFTs that have true usable utility behind them. So I'd love for you to explain what that means.
0: A utility-backed NFT is something that has a value that goes beyond the aesthetic value of what it is you purchased so the value going beyond sounds really random but it's like that jeans analogy i was giving you earlier it's about looking cool when you're down at the mall it's about being able to get in a car and not get arrested the same thing happens like because if you're not wearing pants you're going to get arrested right So that's why you need like a pair of jeans.
1: Presumably, yeah.
0: So yeah, so there is a use case basically for what it is that's been created. And when I've worked with companies in the past, one of the things that they sort of think is if you build it, they will come. And you can't just build it. You have to build an extra bit of value added that's on the side. So could I, for my NFT, get inside up close and personal with a VIP? Possibly definitely in some of the products that i've created before we have been able to offer the person who bought the nft an opportunity to not only own that nft as a digital construct but have early access to other constructs or other physical items inside their either catalog or store so that makes you feel like you're a vip already right Totally. you are getting closer than anybody else to the physical purchase of something that you really want.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of cool companies out there that are doing just that. It's that the use of an NFT is almost like your new mailing list. It's like your closest mm-hmm. consumers. It's your most uh, cherished regular users. And you can almost use them as a focus group.
0: Yeah, you can use them as a focus group and you can also, as You know, as we just discussed, you can use it as a mailing list. You can bring people into a private space that is just for them. And they feel like they're being treated totally different to everybody else. And that just adds another level of cachet. Now, what else can you do with with an NFT? Um, Well, you can wear it, you know, or you can have it with you as an item that is part of your avatar. If you go into video games, or even if you're on Zoom, let's say we're at a wine tasting on Zoom, you know, there's no reason why I can't have my, my Cuvée Collective NFT in my hand or behind me as a backdrop um, during the wine tasting experience. Um, this shows my status, it tells people that this means I'm serious about being a wine collector. totally why because i have the wine with me yeah nobody else in the space has because they're all talking to each other from a distance Mm -hmm. and i actually have that closeness to Mm -hmm. my cuvee collective nft and so that's exciting
1: yeah and then another thing
0: that adds i think that was really cool another thing that adds to the super excitement model of an nft from a utility back perspective again is not just it can be seen in a game or it can be seen in in a, a kind of Zoom chat or in the Google Meet or whatever, it can also be physically shown in places. So I could show you my Cuvée Collective NFT, and then that would help me to get into a, a very specialised, in real life, wine tasting event.
1: Mm-hmm. It could
0: get me backstage at an Elton John show. It could get, or an in Sloan show, actually. <laughs> yeah. It could get me absolutely anywhere that I wanted to go because there is a lingua franca in this NFT campaign that everybody who owns this NFT has access using their NFT to go a little bit further. And so that's a key word here, isn't it? Having an NFT that is utility backed allows you to go further than we could usually go if we were in a store just buying a bottle of wine. Because that's no fun. We want to do so much more. Yeah. We want to try things. We want to experience the world of wine. We want to be educated. And this podcast is just one of the many things that we do to educate people, not just about NFTs, but also about the space of Web3, the metaverse, and the
1: wine itself. That's Absolutely. why it's
0: super exciting.
1: Yeah, I think so too. What was neat about Katie's episode was that, you know, she there was like, a very very clear con- uh, a clear understanding once we were wrapped up that oh okay, this is something that really makes sense, and this is something that can absolutely be applied to uh to wineries in the future and wineries now, yeah. And I think kind of like the lowest common denominator there that really applies to people in the wine business as a whole is that there's a hugely curious population of people. And I think the folks that have been successful over time are the people who are always reinventing themselves and always looking to what's new and what's interesting and keeping an open mind about the possibilities for the future.
0: Yeah, and i really like to be able to share in that episode with Katie what those possibilities Which were so thinking about wine as being a vehicle actually that takes you into a new world was probably pretty shocking at first but actually as we moved through the episodes and spoke to different people it became very clear very quickly that as you say a lot of people are starting to think about the possibility of wine from the perspective of opening up these new chapters areas communities just innovation in wine is something that is
1: completely underrepresented absolutely I
0: and i think traditionally it's a taste thing don't we? yeah
1: well i think traditionally the wine industry has um you know it's been around since the dawn of time right like it's one of the oldest businesses in the world and typically it's one of the slower ones to innovate so while You know, people outside of the wine business may think, oh, yeah, we're familiar with NFTs. Like, it's been really exciting to talk to different guests about how we can start bringing this type of technology into the business.
0: Yeah, that really, that really resonated with me during Katie's episode. Their horizons are huge in the wine community, which I think is amazing they're as big as our horizons in innovation and technology, but they're more cautious and measured and their approach is more, not risk averse, but it's more risk balanced.
1: Well, I think it's risk balanced for all of the right reasons though, you know, and I think that's a testament to why uh, the wine industry has been around for so long. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. I, I had a really interesting conversation with a friend last night, Um, he's someone I hadn't connected with in years, but I wanted to bounce a few ideas off of him. And he was talking that we were talking about NFTs and how in Bordeaux they offer futures and how Mm -hmm. NFTs every year when you're making wine, it's a new experience. And by nature of that, it's limited. You know, there's only so much wine that can be produced in one given year and each region is unique and there's only so much volume as output. And I think the, the it, re, it was really interesting to listen to him talk through that um, when he was trying to draw the comparison between futures of wine and wine of limited quantities being available and that connection to NFTs. I don't think the concept is far off.
0: I don't think the concept's far off. I mean, no, not at all. In the second episode, we had a conversation with Anna and Kevin. And one of the things that came out of that conversation was quite obviously that each one of these regions has a luxury cachet that it operates independently in and of itself. And also that sustainability is that whole kind of thinking about things cautiously and moving slowly is sustainable. You know, what I do in my day job is like, failing fast you know we have to in technology fail super fast Mm -hmm. but i think when we talk about like kevin and anna and the things that they focused on they actually took all of the things that katie and all of the other wine growers and what they do in every single region and parcel each bit of sustainability as they go through that entire process which effectively is what your friend was talking about with regards to looking at Bordeaux from the perspective of the futures region and not so it is more packaged more measured more measurable I think than what we have in other areas and in other industry sectors it's not as easy yep yeah. Um, if you're talking about avionics, for example, to be able to package up the sustainability with the amount of people that get on the plane, with the amount of parts that go into a plane, and how you run that plane as a sustainable uh, kind of item within a bigger marketplace, mm-hmm. but you can do that with winemaking.
1: Yep. And I think the other interesting part about the conversation with the importance of sustainability in wine, but also the importance of sustainability in the world of Web3 and emerging technologies. And that, you know, part of part of the cachet of the wine business is that it's a luxury product. And part of uh, the appeal of NFTs is the rarity. And the the link there was that to create a luxury product, you need to have the link to sustainability. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because it adds that scarcity. It adds more cachet. Mm -hmm. And people have a great deal of trust in luxury because they know that like buying
1: a limited edition print or painting. You're not only getting something really cool, you're getting something that's been responsibly made, then I think that's really important to the end user.
0: In Web3 in the past, and certainly from the perspective of NFTs, we haven't been as sustainable. But we are looking at sustainability from the perspective of the end user. So we are treating NFTs now much more like the luxury items because we want to be able to underpin that sustainability. I always think now, having done wine in Web3 for the last few weeks, it's not just anymore more about just kind of dropping, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, just dropping a pick in just going, Hey, I want sixty-six million for this pick. <laughs> now even we have to be quite responsible, you know? Yeah. We have to think about things responsibly. Yeah. Before it just kind of drops so, up because otherwise we end up being really scammy.
1: Yeah, no, and that's the opposite of what I think everyone involved in the wine business wants to see the outcome of this project become. It's like the idea is that yeah. we're producing NFTs that are representative of brands that A, offer people a really great digital collectible that you can uh, collect and trade or do whatever with down the road, but something that offers them a really interesting, unique opportunity that's associated with a brand.
0: I'd agree with that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, one of my favorite conversations we've had was with um, Dan Petrosky from Massican, and I think Dan had a really, really interesting take. Not, a, I mean, he's an early adopter, and he has um, a background that's that far extends beyond uh, winemaking. So I think he has like a few other vantage points to take like these ideas and look at them from. But one of the uh, one of the takeaways I got from Dan's episode was. Yes, NFTs are maybe like a gateway into what the world of like the metaverse and Web3 might become, Um, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the hope is that uh, people familiarize themselves with Web3 or with Web3 through NFTs and through the utility they offer, but in the future that should and may become a much bigger, deeper conversation.
0: I completely concurred with everything that Dan said in that episode. I was really trying to push Dan into a place where I wanted him to tell me that that wines were the future of Web3. <laughs> <Because, laughs> I don't know yeah, if you're going to get that out of him. <laughs> I'm not going to get that out of him. No. no, no. But what I really enjoyed was that forward-thinking approach to there are so many possibilities to be able to support and sustain brands and brand awareness in that space. In the same way that, you know, Gucci made this $10,000 dress that could be worn in the metaverse. The same thing follows with wine. We should be focusing on really pushing that brand awareness to its maximum. There's no reason why we can't do that. I think that it's definitely a possibility. And I think Dan, with his uh, connectivity, and his overarching ability to be able to tie that story together, you know, he he's going to be one of the leading
1: thought leaders in this space, I think. In combination with him and Elton Sloan together, I think Elton was mm. another one of our guests who really, like, nailed it as far as being, like, the willingness to be an early adopter to emerging technology. Um, his his enthusiasm was infectious It well was.
0: for this. Whereas a lot of people, when you talk about NFTs, because of what I said at the top of the the episode today, you know, people consider NFTs to be cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So when they see the cryptocurrency market go down, they assume the NFT market goes down with it. Mm -hmm. That's not true. right And and the thing that is quite interesting is is that the opposite is true often. So they do have parity, but also occasionally the NFT will exponentially over suffocate the, the crypto marketplace in terms of numbers anyway, which is great for people who are making NFTs. But the thing I loved about Elton the most was that his ability to kind of switch his thinking and find that common framework. He and Dan actually two sides of the same point. Absolutely. Because they've worked within a very specific framework. Mm-hmm. And now they're looking at the the future of wine from the perspective of being both early adopters and how we're going to cross that chasm. Mm-hmm. How we're going to get that mainstream over into wine and digital wine development. Yep. You know, whether it's NFT or living inside the metaverse from a branding and storytelling perspective and not just from the perspective of, oh, I need to make a fast book because right. my cryptocurrency stocks are down. I mean, mm-hmm. that isn't why you would be investing in, in the wine of the future.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I think one of the great sort of, the vibes that I get about, you know, this space particularly is that it's becoming more more of a legitimate place for mm-hmm. mainstream. And I always use the same adage when I talk to people about this type of thing. You don't have to be the first, you know, if you're creating wine brands or you are creating experiences, but you do have to be the best yep. if you want to really cover all of that ground that you promise you want to cover. So when people say oh we're doing this for the first time in the metaverse or this is the first ever nft collection to do x i just think mm, okay well then what i'll do is i'll wait for the first three or four and then i will be able to select the best comes exactly. after it because the first few times are going to be the worst times mm-hmm. and then the next times are going to be the best there's very few businesses and startups that come out of the gates you know, with the unicorn to end all unicorns. These right. things just don't exist apart from in, you know, the pages of, of the Financial Times or in LinkedIn, right? So yep. I think that sometimes you just have to kind of bite the bullet and go, yeah, it's gonna be hard work. But we've got a lot of people we can learn from because a lot of people who came before us made many
1: mistakes. Absolutely. And we make those mistakes. That's the plan. Yeah. I think that's a great catch up. <laughs> I think that was like a really good way to like summarize the past six episodes that we've had of wine and web three. And I think what I'm looking forward to with like the next coming episodes of wine and web three are hearing from people in the digital space. I think that we've had a really good entree into how NFTs and how web three are impacting the wine business. And we have like a little bit of a groundwork there. I'd love to hear from people, and I think we will hear from people next about, um, the w- more, more in depth about the world of Web3 and uh, what's going on in that space and get their perspective as to how they see wine becoming a part of it.
0: I'm just gonna wrap up by saying that was an incredible catch up. I hope that everybody feels really super educated as we go into the next few episodes of Wine in Web3. I'm still very excited about the possible future of wine in the metaverse and I want to dig more into it over the next few episodes, perhaps with some key industry figures from Web3 for a change. And maybe we can teach them a thing or two about wine. So to keep in the loop with Cuvée Collective, why not take a look for us on Discord, Instagram and cuvéecollective.com. And don't forget to download this podcast wherever good pods are casted. You can also review us. And don't forget to give us five stars. See you soon.